please note, we are not giving expert medical advice. Our content is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis or treatment. If you do need to talk to someone, please look in the show notes where you'll find helpline phone numbers. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Series 2, Episode 5 of We Are All A Bit Mental. It's a chat show where we aim to question and challenge the rather wonderfully complex and often slippery subject of mental health. I'm Chesney Hawks, and today, as always, I am joined on the virtual sofa with Lynn Ferguson and Neil Harrington. Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. Our topic for this week's show... Which is very helpful because we're sitting here on the ca- on the couch together, all snuggled up. Yeah. Is comfort? Do you want to know why I thought of comfort? Yeah, yes. Go on. Right. You know, like there are some things in uh, when you watch TV or uh, if you read something or whatever, and when you see a name and you go, "Oh, it's going to be good." Yeah. Right. Mm. Well, our guest today is one of those people for me. Whenever I see her on a bill or something, I kind of knuck- <laughs> sort of settle in. And I'm like, "All right, this is going to be good." And so um, I thought it was a good thing to raise because um, more and more I'm thinking that, um, you know, people talk about comfort as in sweatpants and like uh, tomato soup. (laughs) But actually, I think the greatest comfort I've had in my life has been through other people. Yeah. Right. Ooh. So I thought uh, it would be a good uh, topic for Zoe Lyons because actually when I watch her work, I go, oh, this is going to be good. Yeah. Yeah. She might want to talk about tomato soup. Do you think? Maybe that is something. <laughs> well, maybe. Yeah. It's funny, the comfort thing that we on TV for my wife, the thing that makes her comfortable is law and order. Oh, really? Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, dun dun. <laughs> Mine are generally uh, black and white movies. I like that. And mm. also, um, uh, Markham and Wise. They were always oh. my thing. I like, oh, if I watch it, <laughs> even now, if I'm feeling a bit bleak, then mm. if I watch The Stripper with Morecambe and Wise, you know, when they do that thing, <laughs> then I, and then it's done. Then I'm like, it's yeah. good. It's yeah. good for me. I'm good. We're going forward. Does it just make you feel better? I mean, but is, where does that link with comfort? Is it just because it's like putting on a pair of slippers or something? Just it's something reminds you of your childhood? No, or... what it is, is I think that when I'm scared of stuff or when I'm like screwed up in the head, it's because I've made up a story about... I've constructed my own law and order. Dun-dun. Dun-dun. No, I've made up a story in my <laughs> head, which is these are the events that, that, that have happened and this is what's going to happen as a consequence of it. Yeah. Right. It's usually that I've decided what's going to happen and I have to prepare, <laughs> prepare myself for the mm. worst. And, and generally it doesn't freaking happen. And even, even if it does... Sometimes it works out best. I have this thing, this is a bit of one of my stories, but it's, it's sort of funny, which is, um, so I've just had, <coughs> plug, right? But I've just had um, uh, three, uh, I did three series of a sitcom for BBC Radio 4, and it's just been released as an audiobook, right? Mm. And um, so, like, people were asking me what they could, where they could buy it, because it's on Audible, but not everybody has Audible, and yeah. blah, 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 right? right? And um, so I was looking up different places on, and then I got into the Googling it. Oh, there's a mistake for you. Right? <laughs> oh, you Googled your own name. I Googled the sitcom in my own name. And when we tried to pilot it um, uh, as a TV show, uh, literally it was one of those ones where just people destroy you, right? right. Like I had a doubles page spread in, <laughs> in the Scottish Sunday Mail and was crucified by uh, Selena Scott, of all people, wow. 
who said that she hadn't even watched it, but if it was anything like other ones, then it was bound to be terrible, oh, right? God. But anyway, God. that there was one, it doesn't really matter, but it was one of these stories where this woman had, I found this woman and she literally was like, what kind of creature is Lynn Ferguson to have written this stuff? Jesus. I'm like, you know, I didn't come round and kidnap your family. I only wrote <laughs> shit on a... Like, what the hell? Yeah, it's right? just I mean, living, yeah. Right? Yeah. Calm down. But at the time, I, like, when I looked at it, I started laughing. Well, and I found it, I actually started laughing because it was so horrible. And then I looked up other reviews that she'd written and they were also horrible. And I was like, oh, I see. It was nothing personal. Yeah, okay. Right? It's her but story. At the, at, right? But at the time... When it happened, I was, like, devastated. Mm. I'd felt, like, pure shame and I'm never going to be all right again. And I looked back at it and I, like, literally started laughing. I was like, well, you know, I just... Life was meant to take a different path. Yeah. So when I... Uh, what comfort is, I guess, is just that thing of other people and, like, Morecambe and Wise and, and black and white movies and jigsaws and, mm. and cooking, they remind me that... Uh, life will go on in a way that I don't know just yet, and it will be fine. Yeah, it will be fine. Yeah, because you will always have those things, and you'll always have those people. Yeah, that's it. I think there's the comfort, isn't it? It's like I, I just like yeah. shutting the door, locking the, the door, so it's just the five of us and the dogs and the cat, and we can just <laughs> do our own thing. We don't have to worry about anything else in, in the outside world. Did you know <laughs> curl up on the couch? A wee bit crazy though. Just the five of us and the dogs five people, and the cat. Two dogs, one cat, and law and order. Dun dun. Are we are we done done with that joke? <laughs> no, we're never done with that joke. Dun, what dun, do you yeah. find comfortable? Neil? Well, for me, TV wise, is watching Seinfeld that does the trick. Oh really? Well, I just need to switch off and have my funny bones tickle. <laughs> Uh, the general ridiculousness of, of that show does it for me. Or Father Ted does the same thing. So I just like propped up on the bed, eating crisps or popcorn, and the dog cuddles up, drooling all over me. That's me, happy as a pig in shit. Oh, and my music, of mm. course. Getting lost in music, baby. No turning back. Sorry, oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, you, you've moved on to another song. I apologise. Yeah. <laughs> it's like my karaoke parties. You know, one of the things that gave me great comfort, and, uh, and it was one of the... <laughs> I like I, I had a karaoke party in the old house. Um, we, we were I was we were about to do something quite scary, and then so before the scary thing, we were like, let's have a party beforehand to remind ourselves that actually nothing in the world is that scary, and you can always have a karaoke party, or yeah. even nothing in the world is as scary as drunk people at a karaoke <laughs> <Yeah>. party. <laughs> I think but, I was um, one of those drunk people. Oh, yeah, you were, and your kids were there, which was lovely. <laughs> and right. what they did was they put on uh, the, karaoke, the karaoke version of The One and Only and made you sing it. <laughs> we had people going, like, so there was all these drunk people wondering about the party going... Is that? Oh my goodness! That was the same party where uh, Jeremy Ratchford, who is a big Canadian gruff actor, and we love love him, and a nine-year-old girl called Alyssa sang Frozen, the Let It Go (laughs) song, Frozen. In front of the woman who wrote Frozen. (laughs) (laughs) So good. (laughs) The look of panic on everybody's face when they realised what was going on, it made it all worthwhile. I could imagine Jeremy making a joke with with the let it go bit as well, because he's one of those uh, kind of gruff comedy actors. Did he do a flatulence joke with the song? I think he probably (laughs) did. So, boys and girls, 
This week's show is the final episode in conjunction with The Gilded Balloon. Haven't we had fun? <laughs> and to finish us off in style, we will be shortly joined by actress and comedian Zoe Lyons. Yay! Neil, this is where you jump in and give your well-researched uh, facts about uh, Zoe's career. Could ah, you just do uh, that? Yes, absolutely. Sorry, my role, yes. Well, of course, I'm slightly stumped as Zoe's list of credits, accolades, productions, appearances is long and very impressive. You're talking Latitude Festival, Edinburgh Fringe, year after year. She's all over Radio 4, Dave, BBC, Sky. She's generally everywhere being funny and she's also been waiting to come in for five minutes. Like we've just waffled a load of shite. So um, should we let her... I'm saying shite all of a sudden. That's, I think maybe that might be the Edinburgh theme rubbing off on me as well. I'm not sure. Scottish, that's a Scottish thing. Scottish for shit. She'll so, be eating uh, pie and yeah, chips. And... Absolutely. Anyway, yes, enough of our shite and let's, uh, let's let Zoe Lyon in and we'll see her on the other side of the sting. <laughs> Lynn, you're scaring our guests. I always <laughs> the old the person guests. with technology moment. Is that what it was? It was. It was one of those. <laughs> I was technically behind the back of the radiator. That's what I was. I was startled out from my hiding place. <laughs> oh my God, God, it's good to see you, my friend. Nice to see you too. We've decided, right, just I'm going to let you know so that you know what, what we've been talking about. We've decided the theme of this show is uh, comfort. And the reason why, because every time I see your name on a bill or is going to be on like, or when I see you on TV, I go, oh, this is going to be good. Mm. I go, oh, it's going to be good. Oh, that's nice. So you are my version, my human version of comfort. Is she like, oh. she's like putting on an old pair of slippers for you then, is it? Oh, your comfy knickers. <laughs> <laughs> not, not secondhand. Oh, no, you're much more stylish than my comfy knickers, let me tell you. Oh, I love, I'm now going to think of myself as your comfy knickers. <laughs> yeah. So comfort, that's the theme uh, of it. Great. Um, what, do, what do you find comfort in? Because I find comfort in, in people like you, to be honest, in a good joke, in tomato soup, and in Morecambe and Wise. Okay. Uh, what about you? I think, oh, this is an interesting one, because I have spent the last, I'm going to say, 10 months being very uncomfortable. Oh, really? I've been in a very uncomfortable space, yes. So uh, right. it, has, it has also made me think a lot about comfort and what that what that means mm -hmm. and i think the biggest comfort of all the greatest comfort of all as a human being is in a group of people who being with them you know you are in your tribe you're in your group be that family or mm. friends that there is absolutely no judgment mm. that there is absolutely no expectation almost that they totally get you and that it is completely comfortable and that I think mm. after the year a lot of people have had I think that is pure comfort and pure joy for me absolutely yeah, I, I totally agree I, I mm. think that part of the like I have spent, I haven't struggled quite so much during the pandemic because uh, I have two kids and my husband and a dog and nine chickens, right? Nine chickens? Nine chickens. They don't live in the house, though. What? But there are some mornings, right, where I, like, literally go to the bathroom and I'm like, I'm allowed to pee on my own. It's part of the Geneva Convention. I don't think Zoe's got past the nine chickens yet. Let's I know. Do you know what it is? It's the nine chickens. Like, I don't know. I've never thought about this before, but I don't think I like an odd number of chickens. <laughs> <laughs> That's me. Well, you either let one go or you get another one. Well, 
help if I say there's eight chickens in a rooster? That's better in my brain, thank you. I can deal with that now. Good, thank good. You. you find comfort in an even number. Ooh, yeah. Thank goodness for that. Zoe, <laughs> yeah. so we'll get on to your number issues later, all right? And where all, all that came from. All I'm thinking now is, if a coyote or a fox took a chicken and then you were reduced to seven chickens... Then yeah. one would have to go, I'm afraid. Another one would have to go. Oh, it just <laughs> I just couldn't keep chickens. That, I couldn't find comfort in the chicken. Sorry, Lynn. Sunday dinner. I'm on anxieties <laughs> that I didn't even know I had. Odd number chicken anxiety. Very common. What would be the name of that? I want to know what the, know. the, you know, the technical name would be of an odd number of chicken phobia. Uh, hmm. f- fat... F- Foul, foul numerology? Foul numerophobic. <laughs> I'm foul numerophobic. <laughs> foul numerophobic. Yeah. Nice. I'm foul numerophobic. That was good, though. I knew yeah. there's a reason we brought her on. I knew right. there's a reason. That's the goal, right there. You need to start your new dictionary, <laughs> Zoe Lyon's definitions. Yeah. yeah. I do think that you're right, though, about the, what we, the pandemic has taught us a lot of is um, that what we find comfort in is other people. And actually, I've spent most of my life yeah. thinking other people are, if I could just find an island. And then, lo and behold, <laughs> cut to 2020 in sweatpants going, oh, <laughs> that, that might have been a mistake. Yeah. I often think that I might have, I might have uh, uh, manifested a pandemic for that exact reason. I need to spend more time yeah. with my family. <laughs> and then you're like, I guys. don't need to spend more time with my family. <laughs> no, 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 my wife is like, I, I think you can go to work now. Do you have a big family? What, what size is your family? Oh, it's very manageable. I've got a younger brother who uh, I'm very, very close to. And uh, he has two beautiful little girls. Um, I don't have children because I, 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 I'd rather have a sports car. Harsh but fair, yeah. Somebody said cheaper. to me recently, you've never loved until you've had children. They went, you've clearly never owned a Porsche, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I would die for that car. Have you spent the pandemic um, with family or, or you've kind of uh, been on your I, own? My I pandemic mean? has been it's, been, it's been a bit rough, I'll be honest. Um, I, uh, m- my partner and I have, uh, of many, many years, split up sort of halfway through pandemic so i spent um i spent three months i'm i'm fine but it's quite funny <laughs> i don't want to bring the podcast down i can You're laugh about not. it <laughs> you couldn't have brought it any more further down than we have been over the last I, week uh, i spent three months living in a friend's garage <laughs> with oh, my God, car no. though my car parked outside <laughs> <laughs> to make room for your bed yeah, yeah. and then i spent Seven months in what I am now referring to as my divorced dad flat on the seafront in Brighton with a sort of can of Heineken and a pot noodle. So comfort has been sadly lacking. Right. <laughs> but so now that things are improving, I'm, I'm really able to fully enjoy and appreciate the comfort of people who are your tribe. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, who you connect yeah. with. Yeah. Well, there's an unspoken language between people that you connect with properly. There's, yeah, there's just true. a sort of yeah. naturalness, a, f- a flow. Yeah. A flow that's so easy. Um, and uh, that that's a real joy. I think loads of yeah. people have... Well, the thing with uh, the pandemic is what it did, I think, is it looked or does, is it makes you look at your life in, in a much more intense way. Yeah. Like, I know loads of people mm. who've split up. Like, loads of them where they were just like... Yeah, you know how I thought I wanted to live with you forever? Um, um, not sure about that. That may have been a mistake. Change my mind. Change my mind. 
When you said forever, what did you mean? <laughs> define, define forever. <laughs> you know, as, as shitty as it's been for a lot of people, and I'm not being flippant about all of the horror and the, and the death, all of that connected to it, but I think what it has forced us to do for a lot of people is to absolutely live in the present because we don't. Yeah. We don't. We say we do. Mm. We say we do. We're like, mm. you know, very much for now, but we're not. We live, in a, we live in a sort of regretful past and an imagined future and very little is spent <laughs> in the present. And this has absolutely made us concertina and concertina all of that and go, there's only now. Yeah, totally. There's it's only so now. True. I'm going to enjoy it. Yeah. I also think that people associate, mis- or we as, a, as people have associated misfortune with shame in that if a bad thing happens to me, yeah. it's because I've done something wrong. Or if I'm going through a hard time, I mustn't talk about it. I should sit on my own and be ashamed rather than just go, look, shit happens to everybody. Like, I have to say, Zoe yeah. Lyons, yeah. here's the news. Right, the world might have been really terrible to you, but you still represent my version of comfort. <laughs> That's <laughs> lovely. I also read that, uh, just so that, you know, we can carry on with that uh, theme, is that you are the 81st most influential lesbian yeah. in the UK. How about that? I was, I think, Jess. I think I've slipped down that chart. I think I think Elton John's probably more influential lesbian than I am. <laughs> <laughs> I've been usurped by Elton. (laughs) I think that's a wonderful thing. Would before the pandemic, if 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 you'd rewound Pan- pandemic, I oh, don't. The don't pan- pandemic. Did you just the say pandemic? pandemic? I think it's a Cadbury's pandemic, isn't it? Is that right? Like a, pa- like a panadol. Oh, I can't f-ing remember where I was going now. Have you been mistaking it this oh. whole time, Neil? I think it's more like a, a Spanish it's version. A pandemic. It's a pandemic. It's Italian, isn't it? Yeah. Italian, yeah. You have to pinch your fingers and thumb together. Is it? Oh, the pandemic. The pandemic. Oh, I've got. <laughs> Where have you gone? As you were saying, Neil. Where have you gone? <laughs> you know, actually, I used to tell my kids that thunder. I did it, <laughs> he has gone. I, I didn't want my kids to be afraid of uh, thunder and lightning. So I used to tell my kids that thunder was the clouds tickling each other. And the, the, the noise, the thunder okay. was just the noise of them laughing. And they'd be like, oh, they're really laughing. Um, but the clouds, yeah, yeah, yeah. they've never laughed as, uh, as extremely as Neil. It's more like <laughs> farting, isn't it, though? Sorry about that. Do you think, or tickling them and <laughs> farting? I wish I'd thought of that. Because well, then that would be funny. I have to tell fun. you, this is way off piece, but my dog barked and farted. <laughs> it was just the funniest thing. Did he scare uh, himself? It, a, a canine version of coughing and farting. That's made my year. Did he have a look of confusion on his face yeah. as it happened? Yeah, the look round. Yeah. <laughs> my dog, uh, Mischief, who Lynn knows very well because she looks after him sometimes, um, is scared of farts. Oh. I mean, he's seriously... Yeah, if, you, if there's a fart near him, uh, which there very often is because so- we've got three kids... And another dog. (laughs) He just, yeah, he just doesn't like it at all. He just jumps up and runs off, even if he's, like, fast asleep. You know, just, it's it's funny. (laughs) (laughs) I love animals fast. Remember where I was going with the comfort thing. It's routines, isn't it? That's the connection, isn't it? It makes us feel safe. Familiarity. Yeah, I mean, Karen thinks I'm mental. I go to bed watching the same television programmes every night. Chrissy does that. She can't go to sleep unless Law and Order's on. (laughs) Dun-dun! 
I'm Big Bang. I should stick the Big Bang Theory on. There's nine seasons and you get the old gag every now and then when you're sort of awake. Yeah, it's a routine. But don't you think we all get com- we all get comfort from routine? Right? Yeah, I think that's why the last that's why the last fifteen months have been so uncomfortable because things have been so different. It surely it's part of human nature that when we don't know what's coming, then we're on a sort of higher stage of alert. Do you know what I mean? So it gets exhausted. Mm. I mean, I think yeah. that's partly why people are getting like really, really pissed off now because they're tired as well. It's not just yeah, like they've been isolated. Fatigue. Yeah, where you're just like a pandemic fatigue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, talking about routine, we should get round to this because it's August. And we should all be in Edinburgh at the Gilded Balloon hanging oh, out yeah. for the festival. Yeah. I take yeah. it, Zoe, you would have been there, right? Yeah, I'd have gone up for a week or so. But um, mm. and, and I know some people are going up and doing little runs of things and little bits and pieces, but, it, you know, it's... Things are still so unpredictable that I just... They really you know, are. I needed comfort in knowing exactly what I was going to be doing for the next <laughs> few months, so I just couldn't have any more unpredictability in my life, so I just decided not to go this time, you know. Well, you're there with us now. Yeah, yeah exactly. I'm going to steer us back to our, our topic of comfort. What about the flip side of it, gang? Because I am someone that just gets so comfortable in my routines, and... Um, you know, you said earlier, Zoe, you said about the, the real definition for you is your tribe, right? Your people. But what about that thing where you just get so comfortable in your zone and with your people that there's things you miss out on and things you don't do and uh, yeah. you won't yeah. try anything new? I mean, it can be a slippery slope, especially I think someone like me is very dangerous. I'm very happy with my comfortable stuff. I, I think a lot about comfort zones because as a comedian, you're often way out of your comfort zone you know and yeah. i and i i get stage fright and i get nervous and i'm not particularly i'm not particularly i mean obviously i have i have a confidence i must have i'm standing on stage in front of people i'm not going to be one of these comedians that go i'm just so shy i mean clearly, <laughs> i have mean, shy in social situations but i i've stood on stage in front of 3000 people so i'm not that shy <laughs> i i am um, i have spent an awful lot of time outside of my comfort zone you know for years turning up to gigs i'd sit in the car outside i'd often cry (laughs) just just because i was scared you know uncomfortable and scared about going into venues because some of them were rough as let's be honest and you know i had to have a real strong word with myself and sit there and go you're people's entertainment zoe they've hired a babysitter and you're crying outside in your car not that this is right (laughs) it's been an interesting time where people have either absolutely you know spent months under a (laughs) a weighted blanket or have gone the other way and have done stuff that they haven't done before Mm. and only this week i'm 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 sea swimming in brighton and um i I, i've never swum out to the to the boys before you know the the the, the sort of they depict the swim area yeah yeah the markers thank you yeah yeah and it was only this week that I, I, I thought, no, I'm going to go out my comfort zone. I'm going to go out there and see. Yeah. And it felt really good. It felt really good. Till my mate got stung by a jellyfish and then we ran for sure. But other than that. Um, <laughs> jellyfish in Brighton? Global warming. <laughs> we were out there today. We were at the boy. And I was like, this is great. I've really sort of broken my comfort zone. And then she went, ah! <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes there's a reason you have a comfort zone. No, true. All those months when we weren't going out, 
I think there was a point where if it had gone on a few months longer, I probably wouldn't have left the house Yeah, again. yeah I understand that. Yeah. Yeah. Fogo, that's what they yeah. call it. Because that go and gives the energy. Going, going out. Going out, yeah. There is a little of that over here, actually. I don't know what you've seen, Chesney, but like, in, in LA, right, people don't know how to drive. They, like, they, so like they really... No, no, I've seen that. Because it rains so infrequently here, what happens when it rains is people drive faster because they want their cars out of the rain, <laughs> right? Like it, and that's not even a joke. Like, the speeding is terrible. But, the, like, there's a, a weird level of aggression just now because people don't... We are so used to, in, in community, being comfortable being around other people. So, like, when you're, like, around supermarkets or stuff like that there's always the annoying person who like dodders up mm. the middle of the aisle with the trolley but you're used to someone being beside you when you're looking at your cheeses right but yeah. but now yeah. we're we're not we're not quite comfortable with it and and in public places here there is a there's a feeling of discomfort that's quite difficult to work out I guess it is a change of familiarity. Yeah, there's panic as well. Yeah, it is a change of familiarity. And it's also a sort of case of judgment. Yeah, you're judging yeah. other people. Yeah. Well, yeah. not so long ago, we thought if the wrong person yeah. breathed on you, you'd be on a ventilator <laughs> in yeah. 24 yeah. hours, right? So you have that, get away from me with your breath and your oddly shaped head. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I suppose comfort and normality as well, though, part of that is those annoying everyday things that we maybe don't, don't realise until we're not totally. doing those everyday activities anymore and that annoying person bumps into us in the aisle or whatever. Yeah, there's a big reality check, isn't there, really, when you don't... <laughs> do, do you think maybe it makes us um, less patient? No, we've always been less... We haven't had patience yet. Because prior <laughs> to this, it doesn't matter what's going on. It really doesn't, you know. Obviously, now it's pandemic, but <laughs> prior to this... <laughs> On the London Tube, if you happened to stand on the left, you know, you were an absolute pariah on the escalator. Yeah. You know, it's like, get it, get it right, what's going on? You know, <laughs> there's a system that we have in place that, you know, and if you yeah. don't adhere to it, nobody's got patience. Just move on, what's wrong with you? <laughs> you know, um, but it doesn't matter what's going on in society. This is just a, a heightened example of us being able to judge others and... Uh, and hold ourselves in high esteem while no, we kind so of look true. down on them. That's what we do. That's what humans do, isn't it? You know, yeah. like look at them with their nose hanging out of their mask. Jesus, as we be walking around with a bollock hanging out of their wallet. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that's just the women. I was right? say, I mean, that's just Zoe. one bollock either side of the gusset. Like that, full <laughs> oh. It is hot, and we do need to talk about the weather. Like elephant ears. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Do you know the image I'm going to take away from this whole thing is I love the fact that blokes have had to go into pub loos, urinals, mask on, f*** out. It just makes me laugh. <laughs> so true. Yeah. Some of us wear little masks on our f***s though. So. Tiny mask. Oh, well, speak for yourself, love. Here's a show. <laughs> Look at him with his eye hanging out, idiot. <laughs> I love that image, it's brilliant. Little mini mask for the captain. <laughs> I guess there is a comfort in the judgment of other people. Like, because we know who we are by who we are not, right? That's part of a thing mm. about how you work out a character, like, who are they not? And so uh, this has made it, it's been difficult because it doesn't really matter 
um, you know, it, w behind a mask, everybody's different, but with a mask, we're all just, you know, like the same, I guess. There's a snobbery in ch the chicken world that if you don't have, if you, uh, that you should have a, a specific breeds, that if you have mixed breed chickens, your chickens are somehow not as good as other chickens. And actually, I will tell you that that's the only way you can f***ing tell them apart. Because one chicken looks very much like another chicken until you mix the breed and then you're like, then I know, right? So if that's a thing that's concerning you about chickens, if you're looking for... As many people are, uh, then get your mixed breed chickens and don't worry about your odd numbers. It's like rescue dogs. It's yeah. like the one rescue dog that wasn't taken because it's half Whippet, half Rottweiler. <laughs> <laughs> I love those things though maybe that's the thing because I yeah. love imperfection I love it I yeah. love like I think it's what makes us interesting it makes life interesting not the big shiny beautiful yeah. diamonds but the things that are like a bit broken and uh, mm. and mixed yeah, up yeah. don't you think that becomes more appealing as you grow as a person you see the beauty and you see the interestingness in the imperfections I think when you're younger, it's maybe a bit more difficult to see that. I don't know, though, because, my, like, it was my youngest got Arthur, our uh, rescue dog, for his 11th birthday. And he picked this dog that literally had to be, like, pulled out of the corner of the cage. Right? The dog was like, fuck off. Right? He was like, that's the one for me. And, like, literally, when it was pulled out, he was, like, the least appealing dog that there was in the whole set of pound. And what uh, what my youngest said was, he looked lonely. I wanted him because he looked Aww. lonely. Oh, that was amazing. But that's the thing. I, I don't think it is an age thing that we, uh, we uh, respect um, or, or we connect with things that are not perfect. I think it's... Um, I think it's something to do with humanity. I actually think that humans are at their best when well, they help other people or when they connect to other people's difficulty. Does that make sense? Yeah, but I think there's a real strength in embracing your weaknesses oh, and your failures. Totally. I think, and I think Neil's right in that it takes a little bit of maturity to know that that is not a that is not a weakness. That is a strength to embrace and use your weaknesses and failures to encourage or help or you know laugh at with other people i think i think there's a you know we all see sort of youth that don't quite know how to behave because you know it's it, i suppose yeah. because they haven't had life's knocks uh, it's yeah. all about succeeding at that point when you've had you know you get to you know my age you're like ah f yeah, I failed again, doesn't matter. You know, it's like, you know, it, it, <laughs> yeah. it, it, literally what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, unless, of course, it's osteoporosis. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> but there must be great comfort in knowing you're the 81st most influential lesbian in Britain. After Elton John. Yeah. After Elton John. <laughs> <laughs> what you were saying, Zoe, I suppose I'm, I'm going by... When you're younger, you want to fit in and be part of the right crowd or whatever. And then, yeah, as as you get, you give you give uh, less I, of a because you get older, don't you? And that's yes, you give less, and yes, then you yes, start yes. to see yeah. that less the beauty fucks. is yeah, it's giving less. 
That's yeah. where the beauty well, is. Well, that comes back to comfort and knowing your tribe and knowing that you are, you're comfortable enough in people's company to expose your vulnerability. Yeah, and be yourself, exactly. And, yeah, and be yourself and be, you know, because, you know, at, at the end of the day, that's the only person you can really be, an authentic version of yourself. You can be sort of mm. a, a poor impression of somebody else, but to have the sort of strength and... You know, yourself with all your with all of your flaws and 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 failures yeah. and and vulnerabilities, and then creating an environment where you're comfortable enough to do that. Yeah, and choosing the right people yeah. to be comfortable enough to do that with, because everybody everybody has their yes. flaws and everybody has their 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 foibles and things. So yeah, so that's it. I love the what you're saying about your tribe. It's so so true. I call it my circle, where you just you don't even have to talk. You don't have to you just be completely yourself. You can t- you can st- tell your stupid jokes. You can do whatever you you can do yeah. whatever you want to do in front of those people, and you know they're going to love you no matter what. There's no judgment, and that that is pure exactly that. comfortability, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. So can we be your tribe yeah. now, Zoe? Can yeah. We be in your tribe. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. As long as even you get rid of one of your chickens. Of chickens. <laughs> no, I have to get rid of a chicken though. <laughs> Obviously, to be in this tribe, Lynn, you have to kill a chicken. <laughs> there, is, <laughs> there is the bloodletting. I don't know whether we mentioned that. <laughs> is that one of those initiation rites? That's right? just stage one. Yeah. <laughs> stage one. The next one is getting yeah. your yeah. out of your knickers. That's basically it, I think. Next one. Like either side of your gossip, oh. in a weather spoon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now that is entertainment. I'm just looking at the um, clock gang. Um, Ches, uh, I think um, is it might over be to me? To do your thing. Okay, so <laughs> do you know she's worried about what my thing is now? It involves. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's going to get it out. <laughs> I'm getting it right. Stay away from Here we chickens. go. <laughs> <laughs> Scottish Chuck out. Oh, goodness. Got a for radio. So every week, Zoe, we, we, uh, we have a little musical interlude where we ask our fabulous guest, that's you, um, to choose their either happy song or sad song. Um, uh, now, before we go into talking about your everything about your song. Can you tell us what song you chose? I chose uh, Neil Diamond's I Am I Said. Uh, okay. It's both a happy and sad song for me. We'll get into that. This is a version that I've created here in my studio specifically for you, Zoe. This is our gift to you. Brilliant. So this is Chesney Hawks performing I Am I Said. <laughs> laid back Palm trees grow and the rents are low but you know I keep thinking about making my way back Well I'm New York City born and raised but nowadays I'm lost between two shores Fine, but it ain't home New York's home But it ain't mine no more I am myself It's a no one there And no one heard it all Not even the chair I cried I 
And I am lost and I can't even say why Leaving me lonely still Do you ever read about the frog who dreamed of being a king? And then became one Well, except for the names and a few other changes If you talk about me The story's the same one Well, I've got an emptiness deep inside And I've tried But it won't let me go And I'm not a man who likes to swear But I've never cared for the sound of being alone I am myself To no one there And no one hurt at all Not even the chair I cried I am said I And I am lost and I can't even say why I am my seed I am my cry gone on a bit long at the end here. <laughs> got, a bit, got a bit carried away. That was Chesney Hawks performing Neil Diamond's I Am I Said. Just for you, Zoe Lyle. There's, another whole, there's another, oh. another whole two minutes of that left to go. <laughs> Life is complete. Every level complete. Oh. <laughs> He's still bloody there going. Beautiful, go. thank you, thank you. <laughs> Cheers, that's oh, awesome. love it, well love done, it, love Chez. it, love it, love Amazing. it. Amazing. Good, you're welcome, Zoe. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it, it became my pandemic song, and I have no idea why. And it was sort of very early on, and um, I think, like I said at the beginning, I sort of I had a time where it was a bit, it was a bit lonely, and it was a bit hard, and sometimes all you've mm. got is yourself, and it's like I am. Mm. That is it. That is all you've got. So I take yeah, comfort in knowing that Neil Diamond's at home, sitting there singing to his chair. <laughs> 
Yes. You know? Yeah, but even the chair don't give a shit. <laughs> the chair don't care. I would ask, this a bit, maybe a bit out there question, but like, you know, the nature of going through a big challenge and you've been through, you know, I have to say, you you seem to have excelled yourself in the amount of challenges you took on over the past, <laughs> what, 18 months. Yeah. Right? yeah. Chicago. So coming out of it, what would you say that you'd learned about yourself or life? Um... Yeah, there were times in the last uh, 15 months that have been incredibly hard. And, um, you know, we all lost an awful lot of things. And we lost, you know, when you lose your work and you lose your footing and you lose your, uh, you know, basically you can almost lose yourself. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you dig deep enough, you know, you, you, you will you find you're stronger than you thought. And um, we can get through things. We can get through things and um, come out the other side. As horrible as things can be in the moment, you can... There's, there's always lessons to be learned and you can emerge from it even better and even stronger. And it doesn't feel like that at the time. And it feels like you're sort of evaporating like a puddle in a, on a hot, sunny day. But you can come back stronger and, um, and happier. That's the most important thing. I think happier um, makes, you, makes you really concentrate on what is important in your life and really focus on it and really go for it. I think that says something about your test of character, though, Zoe, because sometimes people get caught up in the victim trap. And I'm not judging, I'm just, you know, observing. Yeah. Um, and you haven't. And it's it's lovely to hear you say that. We we chatted briefly the other day and you told me a little bit about your situation. So I know it's been tough. And um, and, and But thank you for, for being vulnerable and being prepared to come and share that with us on here. We, we really appreciate that. And, um, Absolute pleasure. Big, big love and respect from us with, with how you've dealt with it and, and for, you know, really um, coming through and having that attitude. It's brilliant. It's brilliant to see. I think you're amazing. I just think it's just so important to talk to people and just, you know, I mean, my situation is not unique or, or bespoke or any of those things, you know, um, and I think when you realise that, you know, it's there's, you can get strength from each other and from talking to each other and by, by saying, you know, I'm scared or I'm lonely or I'm, I'm confused or I'm sad. Yeah. And, and, uh, and that, is not, that is not a weakness. That is a strength, no. you know. Absolutely. Hermit crabs only move up in life by making themselves very, very vulnerable for a while between <laughs> shells. So I think about it. There's a moment where a hermit crab goes, I've got to leave this shit and move into something bigger. But in between, you're like that. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Zoe Lyons is swimming above me. I could get squashed at any second. <laughs> that um, is a brilliant link for you to tell us about what you got coming up and, you know, what's happening. Obviously, um, you're... You're getting back to work now, yeah. right? Do you have yeah. actual gigs? Well, there are some actual gigs happening, which is nice. Um, they'd be on my website if I ever updated it, but I've long ago stopped doing that, so you just have to <laughs> Google it. Um, but um, I'm doing another series of my game show for BBC, like, uh, which is uh, called Lightning, so that'll be we're filming that again at the end of August, and that's coming back, and that'll be on telly in January, so that's exciting. So looking forward to Yay! doing that. Yay! 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 You yeah. see, well, bringing comfort to other people because yeah. that's the yeah, thing to remember. Like while you were going through your shite time, 
I am still seeing you on screen going, oh, Zoe Lyons, oh, I like her. She brings me comfort. You are that comfortable pair of comedy knickers. Thank you very much. I like to bring the giggles to the gusset. That's me. That's a strap line I've ever heard one. Oh, my God. Uh, uh, Zoe, because of our new format of the show, we don't generally get to give people an introduction. We don't stop to introduce because we just sort of pick up the chat. But what we can do is give you an average outro. Love so, it. Zoe Lyons, thank you so much Yay! for joining Thank you, Zoe. Us. Absolute pleasure. Really, really appreciate you taking Lovely the time. Lovely to see you all. Yeah, it was you wonderful too. having you on, Zoe. Really, really wonderful. Bye. Bye. Oh, wasn't she lovely, guys? What a great way to end our Edinburgh run. That was so uh, great. Uh, she was hey. magic. <laughs> How about yeah. that? It's a band, it? I know there was something about that that just tickled my funny bone. I don't know what it was. <laughs> yeah, we lost you She's for a good funny. minute there, didn't we? Oh uh. God! And of course, it's so hot as well. I'm an absolute bit, just pouring with sweat. <laughs> She's absolutely hilarious, and what lovely, um, how lovely to just show her vulnerable side right and to share with us what she's been through and that that was just a it was just a wonderful wonderful chat wasn't it, it had all angles it yeah, went totally. all places didn't we yeah we weirdly though that she doesn't like an odd number of chickens though yeah know. well she's a comedian so she's going to be odd isn't she let's face it didn't expect <laughs> yeah. anything. a bit like you yeah, really cool. you know yeah. when you have found a pneumophobia i mean you, you can't choose something like that <laughs> what is it, it just Tiff? comes to you doesn't was it again oh, i don't know <laughs> Did i get it wrong Foul and homophobia. I, don't I know. would like you right. to do a song about that in the style of Neil Diamond. Uh, okay. <laughs> Can I bring my chair? I'll tell you what, sorry, the one thing we didn't pick up on, on Zoe's song, uh, the whole Neil Diamond thing, you... Had, you you oh. felt that you needed to sing it in that style to make it work, and it was f***ing well, brilliant, mate. Yeah. It was really good. I channeled my inner Neil Diamond. I realised that there's such an odd lyric that, um, that the only real way to make it work, and I tried, I tried to make it my own, but I realised it's not my own, it's Neil. And so you had, I had to be Neil Give Diamond. The lyric, what is it? I am I said to, to no one there. <laughs> And uh, uh, not even the chair. Which, <laughs> I mean, do it again. Do it again. Not even the chair. <laughs> that was my take. Uh, do you think he wasn't at songwriting school that day? Do you think he had the day well, off? There are some amazing internal <laughs> rhymes all the way through that whole song. To be quite honest, so it, it is. It is a, you know, a, a great song. It's just that I think he may have slipped up on the chair moment. He just, I think maybe, maybe he just couldn't think of another rhyme for there. Well, because he not, not even my hair, my beer, or my beer, my be not, my not be even my beer, <laughs> right? Like you could do something with that. What about it that thing that, that you can do where you can just sort of do a word that's just a noise, and like if the lyrics are never quite uncovered, and you don't, oh. you know, no one knows, no one will ever know. My dad, right, was a middle-class bank manager, right, in the 80s when I was a kid. And because he was the bank manager of the local town, he could not take it that he didn't know people's names. He always had to call someone by their name. 
And on a Saturday morning, when he dragged me down to town and dragged me around the high street to get the shopping and I got my sweets and all that, we'd bump into all these people that were customers and he didn't know what their name was, but he didn't want to let on that he didn't know what their name. So he, he had this routine. He'd walk along the pavement on a Saturday morning in the high street going, Ah, oh, morning, Oh, hello. Oh, how are you? <laughs> So maybe that that's so the good. um that's what you have to do if you can't quite think of a lyric. Maybe that's Or just the, uh, just literally call it uh, just find some other inanimate object, like a chair, you know. It could be anything. <laughs> not not even the table. Not even the stairs. But you know what? And that rhymes with chair. To sum up, Zoe was more interesting than a chair, wasn't she? She was great. Oh, I love her. <laughs> I love her. She's just magic. Yeah, she's a magic she's, human. Yeah. yeah uh, and beautiful. we actually, we need to thank uh, Karen Corin and Katie Corin and the Gilded Balloon for setting us up with magical yeah. guests uh, for the Edinburgh Fringe. Absolutely. Thank Absolutely, you, girls. Absolutely, ladies. It's been thank great so to be much. part of this, isn't it, eh? What um, yeah. it's been a wonderful. twist. What a lovely surprise. It's the first time I've done the Edinburgh Fringe and not been drunk. Though. Well, speak for yourself, Lynn. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's the first time you've done the Edinburgh Fringe from the comfort of your own bedroom. I'm not in my bedroom, in no, my office. No, you're not, are you? Sorry, in your office. If I was in my bedroom, things would be very different, Jason. <laughs> not even the bed. Not even the chair. <laughs> not even Fred Astaire. <laughs> there you go. That would have been just as ridiculous. <laughs> not even Yogi Bear. <laughs> <laughs> right, time to wrap things up, team. Um, I hope you listeners have enjoyed the show as much as we have and um, being part of the Edinburgh Fringe. It's been a great four weeks. Well, if you have, can you tell a friend about us or give us a wee share on the socials? We would very much appreciate it. Also, if you hated the show, share it with <laughs> someone you don't like. <laughs> so uh, join us next week when we will be discussing the subject of solutions and our guests will be the lovely Pamela Beatty, who is a shamanic healer. Ooh. That'd be fun, guys, right? Absolutely. Woo-hoo. Shamanism, yes. So until then, I've been Chesney Hawks. He's been Neil Harrington. She has been Lynn Ferguson. And we are all a bit mental. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye. Bye-bye, You've been listening to We're All A Bit Mental with Chesney Hawks, Lynn Ferguson, Brandon Block and Neil Harrington. Produced and edited for Source Productions by Neil Harrington with plenty of help from Lynn, Ches and Brandon. <laughs>